Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of the Your Brain Uncovered podcast show. My name is Ayatollah Bain. I'm a cognitive and clinical neuroscience student and the host of this independent podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into what a deep understanding of gender through the lens of neuroscience and what role does the brain have, um, you know, um, on the outcomes of a person, individual's gender. And this is an elaboration on our uh, very interesting conversation we had on our previous episode with Dr. Eric Gustafsson, uh, where we discussed the role of gender stereotyping on a child's social development. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've all heard... <laughs> um, yeah, we've all heard many theories from the last century about how men are better than women at math. And that's because, you know, um, men have bigger brains. Now, these theories have been debunked. The average man has a brain about three times smaller than the average elephant. Does that mean that the average man is three times dumber than an elephant? I don't think so. So yeah, <laughs> there's a new wave of female neuroscientists that are finding important differences between male brains. I actually wrote an article on this uh, uh, titled as uh, Neurosexism, where I talk about the very, very interesting work of um, uh, Gina Rippin. Um, yeah, fascinating neuroscientist. But um, yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes to that. Um, so yeah, these female neuroscientists have been finding that the brain is like, a, you know, a patchwork mosaic. It's a mixture. Uh, women have mostly female patches and a few male patches. So yeah, now what does this data uh, really tell us about, you know, being a man or being a woman? Um, let's li- really focus on what does it mean to be a woman, alright? Um, okay, so well, the latest research is showing that female and male brains, yeah, they do develop differently, uh, possibly giving, you know, us females this innate sense of being a woman. On the other hand, maybe it's our shared sense of commonality that makes us women. You know, we come in so many different shapes and sizes, um, but asking what it means to be a woman may not be the right question. It's like, um, I don't know, it's like asking um, a Siami cat what it feels like to be one. It's just weird, isn't it? Maybe becoming a woman means accepting ourselves for who we really are and acknowledging that we're just the same as um, you know, other people. I see you, you see me, but there are obviously some gender differences that um, we cannot come to, you know, um, neglect. Um, So yeah, Um, how is it, to begin with, that gender stereotypes have led to, you know, brain science? You know, um, several things went wrong um, in the early days of sex differences in brain imaging research. With respect to sex differences, uh, there was like a, a frustrating backward focus on hysterical, like historical beliefs and stereotypes. Uh, you know, studies were designed based on the go-to list of the robust differences between females and males generated over centuries, as I previously mentioned. Um, so yeah, the data might be interpreted in a kind of stereotypical manner. Um, measured with the scanners, um, you know, and if a difference was found, it was much more likely to be published than a finding of no difference. And it would also, you know, breathlessly be hailed as the last evident truth kind of thing in the media, right? <laughs> we all know that. Um, yeah. And um, there has been a really interesting evidence that women are hardwired to be rubbish at math reading. And that men can't multitask. So the advent of brain imaging, uh, you know, 
at the end of the 20th century did not do much to advance our understanding of uh, links between sex and the brain. Um, that's why we're trying to do better in the 21st century. And the real question is, are we? Are we really? Uh, you know, one major breakthrough in recent years uh, has been the realization that even in adulthood, our brains are continually being changed, not just by education we receive, but also by the jobs we do, um, you know, the hobbies we have, the sports we play. Um, one of the most interesting, you know, uh, works that uh, researchers a research work done on neuroplasticity and um, that is uh, is the you know the famous London taxi driver experiment uh, so yeah it shows how the brain of a working London taxi driver will be different from that of a trainee and from that of a you know retired taxi driver here we can track differences among people as well um, uh, who play video games or are learning origami or to play the violin see a uh, with the, with the advent of what we have currently, we can see how the brain-changing experiences are different from one group of people to another, from one individual to another. So why aren't we using it, um, you know, uh, to practically, how do I say it, um, reflect the lives of individuals of different sexes? Um, yeah. I mean, seeing the lifelong impressions made on our plastic brains by the experiences and attitudes that we encounter on our daily lives, wouldn't it be, you know, necessary to kind of just cast away from the idea of stereotypes and art actually start investigating the neurobiology that underpins them in a way? Um, so yeah. I feel like once we acknowledge that our brains are very plastic and moldable, then the power of gender stereotypes does become super evident. I mean, we, if we could follow the brain journey of, let's say, a baby girl or a baby boy, we could see that, you know, right from the moment of birth or even before, these brains may be set on different roads. So, you know, toys, clothes, books, parents, families, teachers, etc., even cultural, cultural norms, um, societal ones, um, these can all kind of signpost different directions for different brains. So yeah, resolving arguments about differences in the brain really, really matters. Understanding where such differences come from is important for everyone, you know, who has a brain, pretty much, and everyone who has a sex or gender of some kind. So yeah, you know, beliefs about our sex differences uh, do inform stereotypes, um, as previously mentioned in um, the earlier episode. And yeah, it kind of provides our two fundamental labels of girl or boy, female or male, which in turn histor- historically do carry some huge amounts of, you know, content-assured information, um, a set of beliefs for every child and to abide by. You know what I mean? So yeah, with input from, you know, exciting breakthrough in neuroscience, um, I feel like these neat binary distinctiveness, dis- dis- distinctive labels in general, um, could be challenged really. You know, we're coming to realize that nature is inextricably entangled with nurture, and it might be more gender might be more complex than we expected. Um, so yeah, you know what used to be thought about fixed and inevitable is being shown to be plastic and flexible. So yeah, I feel like the powerful biology-changing effects of our physical and our social worlds are kind of being revealed, and um, kind of should be taken into consideration. Um, in regards to gender um so yeah that's just uh, some food for thought um a little reflection uh, on my talk with dr eric gustafson um but anyways i really hope this episode has been of good use um 
feel free to leave a review or a comment wherever you listen to my podcast. Uh, Yeah, thank you for listening. And most importantly, thank you for your interest in science.